Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker, Daniel Hayes, president of Equality Nova. So if you missed part one, you need to go back and belly up to that bar and give it a listen first. We promise we'll save the seat right here for you. So uh, in part one, uh, you shared the mission behind Equality Nova, talked about some of the things we're facing, how the organization has evolved from days of yore to today, and what we're really days facing. Days of yore. You like that? Days of yore. And uh, what we're really Still facing. like it. 43 years is days of yore. <laughs> I like it. Look, it's actually in my notes. I wrote that. <laughs> Since your musket days, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> fucking days of yore. I can't even. Go on. Go on. So, and we talked about a lot of what we're facing today um but i did think that maybe we just let's let's keep this going let's just go have a cocktail first yeah that's spelling up is my favorite part let's okay, go let's do it lychees right i mean come on you have to be like what are we doing here can of lychees so you know lychees got a bad rap you know everyone used to drink a lychee martini did i drink a lychee martini of course I did. It was one of those delicious little simple things you drank. It had a lot of sugar in it and they were delicious. Well, today we're gonna do something a little bit different and not quite so sweet, but still really delicious. And this cocktail is more like an electric um, lemonade, which it contains vodka, raspberries, a little bit of lychee water and fresh lemon juice, you know? And this one's really kind of like about technique and making sure that you measure and have um, you know, the proper proportions for this cocktail. That way, um, you know, it's nice and balanced and delicious. So what we're gonna do is take about six raspberries and we're gonna muddle it in the bottom of our shaker tin. And, you know, be delicate with your muddling here, okay? The more that you rip apart that delicate little raspberry, um, the more sugar you need to add to it. So we're gonna give this a couple of um, um, pushes on there, just enough to break the skin and that um, when we shake the cocktail, it will be able to incorporate. So we're gonna add one and a half ounces of the lychee water sweetened syrup from the can. I know, from the can, right? And then we're gonna add one and a half ounces of vodka. You can use something, whatever you like, you know? And you can probably even add a secondary flavor if you like flavored vodkas. Um, this, I think I just want to stick with the natural flavors. And we're going to use um, uh, Kettle One. So um, now we have in there our uh, vodka, our lychee syrup, our muddled um, raspberries, and we're going to add one ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice. Now, I always say it, I'll say it again and again, you should definitely use fresh lemon juice, right? Now we're gonna fill our shaker tin three quarters full of ice, and we're gonna give it a hard shake. And we're gonna keep shaking. And you're gonna shake until there's a frost on the outside of the tin, and that's why you know that that drink is shaken hard enough, long enough, and it's incorporated. So we're definitely gonna know once we strain this because it should be bright, hot, pinky red, and then you know that this drink is ready to go. So we're gonna double strain um, this cocktail into two rocks glasses over fresh ice. And then you're gonna get this really beautiful, beautiful, bright, red, hot, pink color, which is like my total favorite. And the reason why we double strain is because I love my drinks clean, and you got all those raspberry um, seeds, 
and you don't really want those in your teeth, you don't want it full of anything, you know, you keep your salads full of all the things and you keep your drinks clean, right? That's a good way to kind of um, remember. So now we have our drink sitting in there over the ice and it's beautiful. So we're gonna make our garnish and this is kind of fun, right? So you're basically gonna take the lychees that were in the can, you're gonna stuff fresh raspberries in it and you're gonna kind of reverse that idea of, um, you know, an olive um, stuff with pimento. You're gonna stuff a lychee with raspberry. And then we'll make three of those and we'll skewer it and we'll put it on top of our drink. And then you just have this like, you know, delicious little pop of flavor. You know, you really can um, smell like that little bit of rose that's on the lychee naturally. And lychees aren't the prettiest thing in the world, right? They're kind of ugly, honestly, but they do taste delicious, so cheers. So Daniel, what do you think of the cocktail? I thought it was delicious. I, I like things that are colorful, so the beautiful color, and it's almost like melon was involved. It, and so I think that melt, the muddling of the raspberries, that was, you've got a good thing going, girl. <laughs> I like using the lychee, I'm telling you, use the canned lychees, but use the actual I think these syrup are, water, it's cool. The only thing I can think that would probably make, personally, I'm a frozen drinker. Yes. So this would make a great frozen drink as well. So that, we, would be an, that would be another way to just take it to a whole new level. I know we just met. I own a frozen daiquiri bar called Suburbia. I will see you there this summer. I will put this on the menu. Okay. Will you call it the Daniel? Oh, no. Should it be? The Muffy. The Muffy? Sure. Muffy loves a hint of color. Oh. OK, so we opened the can of lychees. Let's talk about Muffy. Get it? Um, tell us. Tell us all about Muffy. Who is she? Who is she? Muffy was born in 1988 on a bet from my then boyfriend, who has since departed. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, and Muffy's first appearance was a bet that I wouldn't enter the Miss Gay Tulsa Halloween pageant. Tulsa? Um, yes. Uh, went to college in uh, central Missouri. He was from Muskogee, ended up buying a uh, trust fund child, more money than sense, um, <laughs> and bet me $500. I said, if you give the $500 to someone else so I know I'll get it, then sure. And if you remember the Drew Carey show, yes. Unfortunately, Muffy's first appearance, she kind of looked like like Mimi. <laughs> um, but she was Mimi over the top. Yeah. Um, I did. We went to a um, outfit, a sporting outfitter store uh, that had like we can get like the, the iron-on T-shirts, and I had two T-shirts that were black with. Um, yellow lettering that said security. I got two mediums and then paid two big buff studs at the bar, 50 bucks each to escort me to the stage when it was my turn. That's hilarious. Showed, up at, the, showed up at the bar in a stretched limo. Um, and so I spent far more than $500 and when I, when I blew that <laughs> night. But I did come away as Miss Gay Tulsa 1998 Halloween. That's amazing. Um, and drag is kind of like riding a bike. Once you're on it, then you just kind of stay on it. So I <laughs> continued to do drag off and on for a little while, for a few years, then did it in Columbia before I left uh, Missouri in 2006. Got rid of everything when I moved out here, figured there was a ton of drag queens, I'll never get a start out here. Um, so got rid of it all, decided Muffy's done. And then uh, a drag queen out here found pictures of me and drag online 
and decided it was going to be one of her many little missions to put me back in heels. So uh, that was Ophelia Bottoms, one of my grand drag grandmothers. And uh, she then, you know, by within a couple of years of being out here, so I guess in about 2008 or so, maybe seven, uh, I was then back in drag. Uh, so uh, whatever from 98 to now is minus a year and a half or two is how many years I've been doing drag. So well over 20. Wow. That's amazing, though. And so but she's part of you. She is. I, muff, there, I was raised in a very small, it had 2,400 people in it, graduating class of 53. Uh, so I, very much Marceline and that Southern Baptist Church I was raised in is very much a part of Muffy as well. Um, in many ways, Muffy's kind of the therapy sessions for all of going through what I went through growing up. Uh, in some way, there's a movie about me called Queen of the Capital. Uh, and when I'm asked at that point, what was kind of the, my, what is my drag character? Uh, and I describe it in there in a way that, first when I thought it, I was like, oh God, my father's going to hate me for describing it that way. Because I describe my drag character as being essentially a hateful Christian. Oh. Um, and that's basically it. It's everything that I disliked about what I heard thrown at me from the pulpit as a child is then flipped on its head in my drag character. So it's big hair, um, body humor. Uh, I'm never, I never am gonna be, never gonna claim to be the pretty girl. I win pageants by doing my talent question and answer and being able to interact back and forth with the stage. Uh, and so I find that for me, it's a, it's a fun thing. I, I hate shaving for drag. If I could just like snap my fingers <laughs> and be in drag would be wonderful. Um, over the years, now that I kind of quasi would describe myself as kind of semi-retired drag queen, uh, I now have everything designed to work with mainly like two designers to make my stuff. And most everything is now high neck. So it's like, okay, what, what is the minimal shaving required in order to put the bitch back on stage? <laughs> How long does it take you to get into costume or to character? I can be in face in 20 minutes. If need be, I typically give myself an hour and a half to two hours so I can have a couple cocktails along the way. Um, and because everything, painting is really just like color by number. And your face is really just certain lines. And you, you know, every woman should know contour is your friend, ladies. Absolutely. Use it. Uh, you can make your big things smaller and your smaller things bigger as you <laughs> wish to. Uh, so use that contour for your, as your friend. Uh, and then you know, have fun with it, mix it up. So you know, it's a matter of putting on that pancake makeup and throwing on the setting powder and then usually have, once the setting powder's on, go have a drink and set for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Drag for me has always been a way to, I've been blessed to have a career where I've never had to need to use drag as a way to pay my bills like so many do. Um, taking nothing away from me because they're, uh, tons of great queens that that's what they do. And in fact, I get applaud them for being able to do that. Yeah. Um, I've always had a career that was paying me very well, so I was able to use drag as a way to give back. So for me, from the early time of doing, when I was the president of the Mid-Missouri LGBT Coalition in Central Missouri, that's when I started using drag as a way to raise money for charity there. Um, it was also a 501c3, and so it was a way to just keep going. So over the course of time, I've raised a little over $300,000 for charity. That's awesome. That's amazing. You can tell he's a good boy from Missouri. 
What? Yeah. Yeah, because in St. Louis we say Missouri. Everyone else says Missouri. Everyone else says Missouri because we have a higher voted percentage rate. <laughs> a what? A higher voted percentage rate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so pol politicians are going to always say Missouri unless they're in St. Louis City. So if they don't offend them, they'll say then Missouri there. But everywhere else, it's generally said Missouri. So they're going to communicate in the way that people that have a higher voter turnout are most likely to speak. Yep. Mm. Yep. I knew it was, we were since I was there, that place has turned into a hellhole. But, uh, you know. Yeah. So I, I go back with, a, I have a 96-hour rule for Missouri now. I announce to the family when I'm coming. And there's no more than 96 hours from the time my airplane touches down to the time it will take off. Yeah, we have a four-day rule. We have an absolute four-day rule. How many hours is that? 96. Oh, is it? Nice, yeah. Four days is all we can do. Tax law is what I do for a day job, so that kind of falls in my back. back oh, back. that's why the 501c3 is like, boom, nailed it. I, I see that. That's really cool. I got to say that I find it to be um, really cool. Like, I look, I, every drag queen I've ever met is the coolest because, like, legitimately, you put yourself into this amazing character, and that character is always usually... Some either like a some sort of humor, dark humor, or there to send a message of like just being like happy or performing or whatever. And I feel like you need that. I think that I think everyone I've ever met that does this a lot. The number one thing I think any individual who's going to be a entertainer of any kind, and whether it be a drag entertainer or any other kind, is understanding what is your character. Yeah. Um, and then from that character, then playing that character out further and further. Um, from what I said, it was the hateful Christian. Um, and then I used to wear, you know, I still wear glasses. I just, hope my eyesight is god awful horrible. Uh, tried, and I got red for filth in a few pageants because you need to have, we can't be wearing glasses. That, and so I just amended my character to where now uh, Muffy is always in high fashion cat eye glasses is part of the character. Yeah. Um, so there is no need for it because it's just part of the face. You know, if you're going to see Muffy, you're, you're going to see cat eyes. Um, and developing the big hair, the Christian humor, um, a lot of you know, parody mixes and the like. Uh, I think, you know, whatever is your thing. You know, if it, if it is being a fishy queen, then take that to the next level. <laughs> um, whatever you do in life, take it to the, own it and take it to the next level. Whether that be what you're doing for a hobby, or what that doing for your profession, that's the key to success and happiness. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. You apply that across almost everything. Have across everything. Like, that's cheers to that. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I was Empress of DC, I used to always. Excuse me. What did you say, Empress? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I... Empress Four of, of Washington DC. My official, the, the official title would be Her Imperial Majesty, the Leather loving, panty tossing, empress of laughter, love, and light, oh, and poppers, Muffy, James, Jewel, Dennis, Tree, Blake, Stevens. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Talk about needing a business check to sign that name. I mean, um, but yeah, so that's, that was the official title. Uh, did I was uh, the fourth empress of Washington, D.C., uh, which is part of the Imperial Court, another 501c3 that all it does is raise money for charity. Uh, and so it's part of a larger system that uh, Jose Saria founded uh, over 50 years ago uh, that is a spread across Mexico, the United States, and Canada with about roughly 70 chapters across the North America that all they do is raise money for local charities. 
That's amazing. But you keep it within, like, you know, um, uh, your community, though, right? The charities, I mean, that's not like you just give it They're, to like, most of the lo the local ones are doing locally. Then we do national projects as well. Yeah, so we've done yeah. national projects for things like the Trevor Project or the Matthew Shepherd Foundation, for instance. Yes. Um, Judy and Dennis Shepherd have done a lot of things closely with us, so we've worked back and forth with them. We actually had a number of us, including the Queen Mother, who were at the National Cathedral um, when his ashes were um, entombed in the National Cathedral here in D.C. a few years back. Um, so it's, yeah, and I serve on the Jose Saria Foundation. I need to learn to say how to, how to say no. I don't do that well. <laughs> um, and you probably never will. <clears throat> probably will. Yeah, so it's too but late. It too for, late. You're just a yes sir. Makes, makes for, you always get a lot more back from what, what you give, even though you might be like, God, why do I do this right now? Um, but in the end, you get a whole lot more back, and the community as a whole is what's going to benefit from it. And for me, I know personally, drag is what kept me alive. I mean, having gone through mental illness periods with depression, it was being able to go, no, I've got that event that I'm going to be able to go through and see my friends, and they would, or they would be the ones who'd come over and take care of me if I was in the hospital. Um, so if it wasn't for drag, I, I mean, there was a period of time where I was seriously contemplating suicide. Um, almost jumped in Las Vegas, and if it hadn't been for two queens who literally that day earlier in the day had asked me, do you want us to save you a seat the next day for brunch? And I said, oh, that'd be great, because they were two people that are just the epitome of what I see as an empress, um, one from San Francisco, one from Reno. And when I started, for whatever reason, when I was getting ready to walk back to the spot I saw to jump, um, I saw Camara and Hope, and I'm like, no, um, they're saving me a seat. I promised I would be there. And turned and got in a taxi cab and went back and was bawling while my drag mother shows up 20 minutes later. It's like, what the hell happened? So, you know, it's one of those things that you gotta, the community is what stands by you and we gotta stand by each other uh, so that we can make sure that we can get each other through the hard times so that we can stand together to get us through to a brighter day. Cause right now we got some really sick shit out there. Yep. Um, it's some, I always would finish every show with saying, go out there and spread some laughter, love and light. We've already got too many people out there that are spreading darkness, divisiveness and hate. You know, and if you do just a little thing, if it's as small as saying hi to someone, yep. waving, you see someone who looks like they're depressed or having a hard time at the end of the bar, just go by and say, are you doing okay? Good, glad to see you out tonight. That little simple comment, those five seconds, could be the difference between that individual being alive the next morning or deciding that they're gonna end it all. And it's that simple little bit of, you know, that five seconds of your time to express a little bit of human kindness to another human being can make such a huge difference. Absolutely, I totally agree. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I smile at everyone when I walk past them. I'll she not. talks to everybody. I do talk to everybody, but I also smile if we're just walking down the street. I acknowledge a person who's walking next to me, and you know, Dave, being from New York, he's like, "What are you doing?" And it's just because it costs me nothing to send goodwill. Right. It costs me nothing to send that, um, to give that away. I mean, and I speak, believe me, I have it by I have it by the booklet. booklet and list. I speak many times from from that Christian point of view. I mean, that's what I was raised. That's what I continue to believe. Um, but it carries across for those who aren't religious believers. Um, we were all created in God's image. If you don't believe in God, we were all created in whatever creator you believe in's image. Whether that was a spark of light that created the world, or or whether it was um, a higher being in some form of religion, something created human activity and human life 
and we're all created in whatever the creator was in that image. There are no mistakes in human beings. Um, we got to stand by each other because otherwise no one's going to stand by ourselves. Um, Jose Saria used to say, we must stand side by side with each other, otherwise they'll pick us off one by one. And that's so very true. She came back from World War II as a veteran, wanted to teach high school, couldn't as an out. Uh, she wanted to be also be out. She wasn't going to go back in the closet after fighting for her country. You couldn't teach as an out gay man in California at that time. So anyway. in order to pay her bills, she decided, okay, she was also an opera singer uh, in training. So she went in and started singing to the Black Cat. Uh, and she had a song that she would sing, God Save Us, Nellie Queens. And the police would come in and do raids. And what she would do was known that uh, if she spotted what she thought was the police coming in undercover to do a raid, she would, whatever was going on in her song at the time, she would immediately switch to God, singing God Save Us, Nellie Queens. And that was known to be the cue to everyone. Okay, they're here. They're trying to pull a raid. So pull back. Make sure that you don't do anything to get yourself in trouble. And she actually would wear a pin that said, I'm a man. Because back then in those days, many times in many states, and it was a case out there, that if you tried, they would arrest you for uh, trying to impersonate someone into doing something with someone they didn't know. And so she wore a pin and said, I'm a man. That way then when she was arrested, she says, what are you arresting me for? I'm not impersonating anything. Says right here, I'm a man. Yeah. God, that's so crazy. And the crazy thing is it seems like it's so long ago, but there... But boy, it's getting it's coming right close. back. Well, I mean, I unfortunately, I, as soon as they were talking about Roe uh, Ro versus Wade and rolling it back, I knew that was going to be a sign of much terrible terrible things to come because now if I can't, as a woman, decide what to do with my body, then unfortunately it only gets worse for everyone else. Absolutely. This is one where it's an example of how this is a community issue. And the, if you go back, go back into the 1950s and 60s with uh, Dr. King and his wife, Karez Scott King was one of the biggest champions of LGBT issues ever, as was Dr. Martin Luther King, because um, they recognized that civil rights literally is the rights for all. Being It doesn't matter black, white, yellow, woman, male, transgender, somewhere in between, there is a, a sanctity in human life and treat it as such. Give it the dignity and the respect that that individual needs. And when saying sanctity of human life, then let's not also twist it on its head like a lot of the freaks out there like to do who come out and attack and say, well, it is the sanctity. That's why we want to have Roe v. Wade overturned. Yes. No. By saying that kind of approach, then that would say that everything should be taken care of also throughout life. Yes. And I won't name a political party, but there is one who it is absolutely, without a doubt, the most pro-fetus party in the world. From conception to womb, they are with you. From the yep. time that you come to the womb to the tomb, there's another party. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there's not enough crossing over in the middle. Um, we used to have those kind of days, and now we've pushed ourselves out to the edges. But we, it's responsible for, I think, that's also another where these community organizations can help bring us together and realize that no matter what your party is, no matter how you've been philosophically been uprung, whatever your uh, kind of news that's been fed to you over the course of time, um, there are other people who also share the majority of the uh, DNA that you have in your body, you just might be of a different gender. Yep. You might be from a different socioeconomic background. You right. might love someone of the same gender of the different gender. Whatever yep. it happens to be, 
there is there is value in every human being and we need to respect it and cherish it and ensure that it can move forward with its god-given potential to be able to have its best outcomes amen, amen. <laughs> yeah right. yeah yeah yeah. I feel like you should come to uh, talk to all my kids, like the kids at school. I and unfortunately, there's, it's not they even... Talk, they talk so rudely to each other at school. A couple of weeks ago, the a really sad thing, there was a individual showed up, a gay man, when, uh, interacting at a brunch um, in front of, we had a transgender individual there coming out against trans. And I was like, uh, literally said, okay, I'm taking off my name badge so that this is clear that I'm speaking for myself and then yep. read from, writing for filth. Yep. Um, you're not going to attack one a member of the community um, with your right-wing talking points that have no science or backing behind them. Yep. We're going to stand together as a community. We're not going to communify. Um, I have a, communify. Yeah, that's great. I have a really dear friend who is transgender, and she thanked me. Thanked me for being her friend. That's so silly. And not seeing her any different. And not treating her different. And I was like, I was baffled by that. But I, 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 I no, I was like, no, 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 no. That's, 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 that I love you for who you are. If you were transgender and an asshole, I wouldn't want to be your friend. It, I don't, you know, I mean, it, it, that, that part didn't even matter. I mean, it was all that she's just a beautiful person and I want to be friends with her. And while, while for me, pronouns are not important to me, we need to respect the fact that for some people, a pronoun is one of those inherent few things that they actually have that they can own. Yeah. Um, and treating someone with respect, calling someone by what they want to be called. Mm -hmm. um, there's plenty of Joe Bob's and Burgers in Mississippi that want to be called Joe Bob and Burger. Um, so why if we, so why can't we, if someone wants to uh, have the, the pronouns they or them, or some, if someone is a biological boy and doesn't see themselves as transgender, but wants to be referred to with uh, she, hers pronouns, what's the harm? It's gonna make the kid that much more comfortable. And if yep. they're comfortable, then they're going to be much more likely to learn yep. if we can, God forbid, keep guns out of our effing schools. Oh, that's a whole um, story. So that's a different story, a different show. But you know, yeah. focus on focus on the human being and advancing their ability to live to their God-given potential. And share your love comment one more time. Laughter, love, and light. Spread it. There you go. Too much darkness, divisiveness, and hate. Absolutely. So now the last one's you, Mama. I feel like I don't even know a good... Okay, so, <laughs> so we have a, um, a stay and age. Everybody like identifies them, you know, with uh, a spirit animal, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you mine's might... a sperm whale. Okay, perfect. You identify with a sperm whale, except this question is, if you had, had to identify as a spirit ingredient, whether it's for cooking or for food, what would your ingredient be, and how does it identify? How do you identify with it? Cooking My, or cocktails, doesn't matter. Cooking or cocktails, spirit ingredient. For me, it's probably going to be Habiki Japanese whiskey. Yes. Oh, um, good one. I, I, if you've never had it, whatever you do, do not insult it by putting anything other than an ice cube in the glass with it. Um, it literally tastes like if you took a stick of butter and put it inside a smoker and then... <laughs> somehow we're able to make that 
stick of butter turn into alcohol <laughs> um, and pour it over a nice cube of ice, that is what Habiki Japanese whiskey is. It is it's got this super smooth, buttery kind of a, aroma. Uh, so yeah, it would be Habiki Japanese whiskey. That is a good call. Also, you must be very sad when you can't get it because it's very hard to come by now. It, that is true. Yes, yes. Well, cheers Daniel, cheers. That sounds like a great explanation. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, darling. So I say uh, we wrap this shit up and go find some Japanese whiskey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, rem and remember, it's okay to not be okay. Yes. You know, it's great that all of us around this table, right? We're having great days. But, you know, sometimes you're not doing okay, and it's okay to not be okay, and understanding that so that when you're in those days, don't take yourself to a, a, an even worse place, and stick beside your fellow human being and say hello and smile, Absolutely. because we need to make sure we've got all of us here. Even though this is a god-awful place of traffic around here, Let's not get rid of the people just to make traffic better. <laughs> Let's stick by our fellow human beings. Mm, true. True that. Cheers. One more cheers, time. Cheers. Cheers, my darlings. Cheers. Cheers. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.